is a one-off message, though, about time. I made this graphic, by the way. You guys like that? Thanks. You go to Google and type in a clock, and that's the third example. So, thank you, Google. But we're talking about time, you see, because if you don't realize this, it's senior recognition night. If you're not a senior, you may or not have known that. Yeah, woo! That's okay. We can, woo! Is that a senior woo herself? Woo! Me! I'm so excited. I'm excited. It is exciting. But we want to give you one, oh, you got lots of messages left, but there's, we wanted to challenge you with something tonight. And if you're not a senior, that's okay. It'll still apply to you. If you're a parent and you've never been here before, it will still apply to you. If you're a leader and you've been here forever, it's going to apply to you. So I think it's something good. It, it applies to my life every day because it's God's Word. <laughs> and that's what God's Word does. So we're going to jump right into Scripture to Ecclesiastes chapter 2. It says, I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all of my work. And this was the reward for all my work. Yet when I had surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had worked to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. It's a super uplifting message, I promise. All right, we're up and down a bunch, I know, but I need everybody to stand up with me. Everybody in the room, stand up. Unless you're on the floor, you get an exemption, I guess. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. We got plenty of energy. I need you to spread your arms out as wide as you can. Don't, like, smack your neighbor on purpose. If it's on accident, that's fine. Phoebe, you're, like, nailing that dude in the face. Okay, here's what happens. Check it. I need you to imagine that your arms spread from fingernail tip to fingernail tip. That's all of human existence. But here's the deal. Y'all with me? Here it is. Y'all listen, listen. If you were to shave off the very tip of your fingernail, like just, just like barely, like I'm talking like rub it up against a piece of paper and like cells fall off, right? That's your whole life. That's it. That's all you got. All right, sit back down. What I want you to see with me here is if you're like me, if you're like me, here's what you think. You think your life, you got lots of time. Your life, you've got lots of meaning. Your life is very important. The work you're going to do, the things you're going to accomplish, the, the missions you'll achieve, your life is super valuable. But here it is. Our life is this little mist, this vapor. And this guy, Solomon, he had it all. And at the end of everything, he looked back and he goes, man, it was meaningless. It was worthless. Nothing was gained. And so if, if, if we think our life has a lot of time, a lot of value, a lot of purpose. What does the scripture say to us? See, we understand that life is precious. And we want to make the most of the time that we have. And so if you're a senior, you're getting ready to transition into a new season of life. But there's still a little time left in this season. And no matter where you are, how far along you are, guys, our time is super limited. No matter where you're at in this journey, your time is super limited, and we want to be useful with what we have because life is precious. Today is important, and we want to focus in on our time, in particular, the pleasures we fill our time with. See, we run from thing to thing trying to satisfy ourselves because there's something within us that knows it's just not enough to just be. We need something more. And so we jump around trying to fill ourselves with something that will give us value. And, and this dude in Ecclesiastes, I'm telling you, he, he literally had everything. Read the rest of Ecclesiastes later when you get home. This guy had it all. And what he's asking, Ecclesiastes, this whole book, it's asking a question. It's asking a question which later Jesus will be the answer to. But Solomon had a question. He said, what's the point of this time? What's the point of this life? If, if everything I've done is meaningless, what, what's going to happen? And, and you and I, we're asking this question. 
This question that Ecclesiastes is asking, we want to know what the point is. And, and here's the quick answer, it's Jesus. We, we know that's where this is headed, but what is the meaning of life? What do we do in our time? This is not a new question. Guys, the things that we're doing right now, this summer, today, tonight, this week, guys, is it have value? Is it worth something? Because, see, these precious seconds are going to run out. So real quick, I need you to ask your neighbor a question. Because that's what great pastors do. We make you talk to your neighbors. I need you to ask your neighbor this question. If you could only spend your time doing one thing this summer, what would you choose to spend your time on? And go. <laughs> one thing. Just one. Golly, one thing. Some of y'all graduated, but you can't do math. Here we go. All right, bring it back in, bring it back in, bring it back in. Here we go, here we go. <clears throat> one thing. I'm assuming, I'm assuming you all said one thing. And, and most of us will spend our tummer, our, our tummer? That's a mixture of time and summer, by the way. If you, if you aren't following along, thank you, gentlemen. Write that in your notes, tummer. We will spend our time or summer doing Majority of one thing. Spending the majority of our time on one thing. One, hanging out with one person. Or playing the same video game over and over. Or sitting on your couch watching the same Netflix show. Hopefully it's The Office. Over and over. By the way, if you love Jesus, it is. And we spend most of our lives, I've spent most of my life chasing my pleasures. My dreams. Things that, that I'm excited about. So I moved to Nashville about six years ago pursuing music. Like a lot of people in the area. And as you can tell, I didn't make it. Because none of you have ever heard of my band, my music, my album. Most of you don't even know that I sing. Obviously, I couldn't do it very well. And so here I am. But I spent all of my life and my time chasing something, all my money and effort and energy. And now all this really expensive music gear. And I have like 98 copies of my CD still in my closet. That wasn't an exact number, by the way. It's somewhere near that. But all of my time just didn't go to something of great value. See, I spent my life pursuing what I wanted. You know, we, we've got this idea that if it looks fun, do it. If it brings you pleasure, go for it. And, and not all that's bad. I spent a lot of time on mission trips. Those are good things. They look fun, and so I did it. I spent a lot of my time at church because it looked fun, and so I did it. I spent a lot of my time in small group, uh, playing in a worship band. I spent a lot of my time going, doing good things. But my list kept growing. Uh, relationships, it, it looked fun, I went for it, including writing what I thought the relationship would be, and doing the things I thought were appropriate in a relationship. It meant going to parties I shouldn't have been at. It meant saying things I shouldn't have said, because if it looked fun, it's what I did. Skipping school, failing college classes, things that seemed fun, I did. But as I look on them, they're pretty meaningless. And I'm probably not alone in this. If you were to write out a list of what you did this week, this week alone, would it revolve around your pleasure or God's purpose? Would it revolve around your pleasure or God's purpose? Because my week, this week, would still look like it's revolving around my pleasure sometimes. Y'all, this world, they say, it feels good, do it. That's what we say. Our founding fathers, right, when they wrote the Constitution, I think that's what it was called. Just kidding, I know. They said, we, we are here for life, liberty, and the pursuit of? It's what we were made to do. Like, that's what we're in this country for. They literally said, hey, we are here to pursue happiness. That's what everyone deserves. We deserve this. Y'all, America's first billionaire, his name was John Rockefeller. The first billionaire. No one else is a billionaire. He has a billion dollars. No one has a billion dollars, right? And someone asked him this question. Hey, John, Mr. John, they probably call him Mr. John. Mr. John, 
How much is enough? And you know what his response was? Just a little bit more. Why? Because it still wasn't enough. No matter what you achieve, it won't be enough. Some of you are like, man, if I can just get to high school, I'll be good. And then you see, you're like, man, if I can just graduate high school, I'm good. Now, if I can just get through college, I'll be good. If I can just get a job, if I can just get married, if I can have kids, if I can get Like the list will never stop. The ladder will keep going. Don't believe me, ask your parents. They're still chasing a rung on the ladder because there's something above where they're at that they won't. Ask your leader. Ask me. There's something else we're going for. It's never enough. Y'all, pleasure is quick. It's gone. And some of these things that we find our pleasure in, as soon as it's gone, guilt sinks in because it's something we should have never found our pleasure in to begin with. And we're not alone. Solomon, Ecclesiastes, that's what he was saying. His life was full of tons of momentary pleasure, but no lasting purpose. See, he had everything. He had it all. So here's the tension. If everything we find under the sun, every achievement we make, whether it be getting graduating eighth grade, twelfth grade, college, whatever the achievement, if everything under the sun is fading, if all the work we're doing doesn't matter, and it usually leaves us more empty than when it began, that's a problem. C.S. Lewis said it this way. He said, if I find in myself a desire which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. Y'all, Ecclesiastes, C.S. Lewis, they had it, right? See, they saw this picture that, that what was here wasn't enough, that what was here would never satisfy. There will always be something else you're looking for. And so if nothing here will work, we must be made for something different. We must be made for another world, and that's what we know to be true. We were created for something different. Y'all, Solomon is pointing to Jesus in every word that he speaks. He is trying to make it clear that the things that we have will never be enough. But there is someone who is everything and more. John chapter 4, verse 13, this is what it says. It says, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. See, most of us have spent our life chasing the wrong water. A lot of you will spend the majority of your life chasing the wrong water. Some of you leaders are still parents. You're chasing the wrong thing, and you wonder why you're thirsty Students, I'm telling you this now because if you get it now, you'll spend less of your life hurting. We're chasing the wrong water. What we want to fulfill will never sustain. Jesus said it. Solomon said it. That there's nothing that will sustain. Rich people are all over the news. They're depressed. They're sad. They're killing themselves. Why? Because nothing they get is enough. No matter what level you make it to, there's always another level. There's always someone above you. You will never be at the top of everything. Solomon, just to give you a little bit of what he had, this dude had gardens the size of like our city, Spring Hill, Thompson Station. He had massive areas that he had dedicated to his own success. He built statues that were so tall it was not even possible to build at the time, yet they figured it out. He would throw huge parties where everyone from all around would show up and be a part of it. Everybody who was anybody would be there. He had thousands. You think your relationship will satisfy? Solomon had thousands of wives and concubines, and it was never enough. I'm telling you right now, the boy you're dating, he will never be enough. The girl will never be enough. It, it, won't, it won't happen. There's not enough that a person can give you that will ever satisfy the hole that Jesus needs to fill. Solomon had unlimited wealth, unlimited power. He could do anything he wanted to. But see, he figured out there wasn't, this wasn't his only option. And that's what Jesus goes on to say in John 4, 14, the very next verse. He said, but 
Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. We know that that what we have here isn't what we need. But yet Jesus is. But we still spend most of our time guzzling in this water that just makes us even more thirsty. Even more thirsty when Jesus says the next verse that that he is that, that we need. And you see, the struggle here is understanding that these things that Jesus promises us in Scripture, maybe you're like me, and that's okay. Maybe you look at this Scripture and you're like, yeah, yeah, it will be great, and it will have eternal thirst when I get to heaven. But that doesn't help me now. Because when I'm here on earth, I'm still empty. I'm still thirsty. My life still feels broken. But Jesus, what he offers is here and now. Y'all, this series we're about to move into in the summer staycation, you know what it's about? It's about resting in Jesus. Because we don't need to be somewhere or do something to find rest. That Jesus himself is enough rest right now. Right now. Not just later in heaven, but right now. C.S. Lewis had another great quote. He said, If we consider the unblushing promises of reward... And the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the Gospels, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. So you think what you're chasing is big and important, but God's looking and saying, no, no, your desires are weak. There is something more to be had. You see, we are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink, sex, and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. But like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum, but because he cannot imagine what is meant by an offer of a holiday at the sea, we are far too easily pleased. We find ourselves in this sentence right here, far too easily pleased. That our circumstances that we think we can find enough in, that we we, we settle in what the world is offering when Jesus is saying there's something greater He says that he compares us to ignorant children playing in the mud. Y'all, my kids, I love them to death. They're not ignorant. That was a bad transition. But outside my house, we've got this really nice swimming pool. I I work really hard to keep it nice and clean and pretty. Lots of work. But then there's also this other little spot where the pool dumps out like the, the trash water. You have to empty out the filter. And it literally comes out brown. It's really disgusting. And we've got this great dog, and she craps in the same spot. It's wonderful, I know. And so this trash water and this crap mix together and make this little puddle. And my sweet children, they, you know where we're going? They, they play in this puddle. They spend their time splashing. I try to pick the poop up and, like, throw it over the fence. It just doesn't always happen. But they spend their time splashing in this because they're pleased there. They're satisfied there. That puddle is enough. That, that little bit of water satisfies them. But after a few moments of splashing, this puddle begins to go away. The, the summer heat burns up. The rest of it, it, it dissipates. It's all gone. This puddle that they're so satisfied in is gone. But, but they are literally content there forever because they don't understand that that won't be enough. And there's something better behind them. But right now, some of y'all, you're playing in a crap-filled puddle. <laughs> it's a little funny. You can laugh. You are. I am. We find ourselves satisfied in the puddle when there's something greater behind us. See, pursuing happiness in itself is not wrong. God created lots of things that we find pleasure in this world. I'm I'm, I'm assuming and hoping that what you told your neighbor you would do this summer is, is a good, appropriate thing. 
Probably somewhere down the line, God had something to do with it being created, and that's okay. God created wonderful things, but the problem is we think these things or people is what will sustain our pleasure and where it comes from. And idolatry begins to sink into our heart, and these good things become the ultimate thing. And no longer is it something we do, it's something we worship, and it's everything to us. And then when that thing fails, when that puddle dries, our lives seem crushed. When you get dumped or your, your girlfriend goes away off to a college across, you feel like your world is ending because everything you put everything into is now nothing. Your relationship, you may have decided that we have a better plan for God. That thing that may be a good thing becomes your only thing. You decide that you have a better future plan where God says, wait till you're married. You say, no, now is good. We're ready. And it's no longer a good thing. You may be looking at a relationship going, no, culture's changing. The world's different. Homosexuality, it's not wrong. This is okay. Guys, God created something with a purpose. And when we change that thing, it's no longer a good thing. It's a bad thing. See, when our plans get mixed into what God created, it becomes a mess. It becomes a crap-filled puddle that's not what it was intended to be. When we take all of our time and our money and give it to something else and there is nothing left for God, guys, it's a problem. It's a bad thing. And maybe I didn't list your thing, but here it is. It's a simple fill in the blank. I am putting blank above God for my pleasure because you got something. Every one of you. Parents, you didn't know you were coming to hear something tonight, but maybe it's to you too. Leaders, students, man, there's something all of us find that it's about our pleasure, not God's purpose. So here's the big thing I want you to not only remember, but use today, now, this summer. Is that, is this a puddle or is this a pool? The teacher of Ecclesiastes, Jesus, me today, we're all trying to communicate this same thing. Jesus is the answer and he loves you deeply and nothing can compare no pleasure of any kind. Here's my favorite part of, of, of my kids playing in this puddle. I love them very deeply. I don't want to see them spend their time in this puddle. And so I go over like any father would. I'm like, hey, guys, let's go get up. And I bend over and I take them by the hand. And what do I do? I walk them over to the pool. I'm like, guys, this is where you want to spend your time. This is much better. This will be more refreshing. This will be more rewarding. This will never run out. I don't just leave them there in it. I go and get them and bring them something different. And some of you, tonight, here's what you need to hear. God's trying to, has been saying to you for some time, hey, son, daughter, come on, get up and follow me. This is a puddle that you're playing in. Some of you are getting ready to go off to college, and you're going to find yourself stuck in those puddles. But here's what I want you to know. You will not be stuck in that puddle alone because God will be standing next to you as your father saying, Son, daughter, this is not for you. Follow me. Because, see, there's something better he has planned. He doesn't just want to take you from something. He wants you to take you somewhere. He wants to give you something that's better for you that will last much longer. He's not there to, to ridicule you or make fun of you. He simply wants to carry you to something different. So I want you, whether you're going off to college or not, to be asking yourself this question, man, is this a puddle or is this a pool? Because if we're not careful, we'll spend our entire lives in the puddle. And you'll look back like Solomon, and you may have achieved everything, but you'll look back and go, man, I spent every bit of my time and effort in a puddle, and it was worth nothing. It was meaningless. And Jesus is asking, son, daughter, get up. Follow me and let me take you to the pool.